Welcome to the 2024 season for Explore Yellowstone Like a Local, the number one podcast for Yellowstone and Grand Teton National Parks and home to the top-rated guidebook of the same name. And I'm your author as well as your host for this and all the other podcasts as well as the videos, Teddy Garland. And this podcast is one that is listed in the guidebook for you to listen to if you would like some more information about the area you are visiting. And today we are visiting the Grand Tetons, which are not to be missed on any trip to Yellowstone Park. And the guidebook tells you everything you need to know to pull off this one great day. Day. The guidebook has been called the best guidebook ever written for Yellowstone and Grand Teton and a must-have for any trip to the parks and even the Bible for Yellowstone Park. So, if you are thinking about getting a guidebook for your Yellowstone and Grand Teton vacation and you want some more information, simply listen to my Introduction to Explore Yellowstone Like a Local podcast or the YouTube video we shot of that. And there you will hear all my family's over 100-year history in the area and my knowledge of the parks. And you will also hear how easy the guidebook is to use, how you only need to read the chapters that you want to visit during your Yellowstone vacation, and how it breaks the enormous size of Yellowstone Park down into manageable bites that you can easily and enjoyably do in a single day. And one of those bites is Grand Teton. It only takes a day to see the Grand Tetons. So that is a one-day adventure on your Yellowstone Park vacation. Also, in the planning your Yellowstone vacation chapter, you will find all kinds of tips about how to beat the crowds everywhere to all the top sites and how to save hundreds if not thousands of dollars on your Yellowstone vacation by following my money-saving tips on flights, lodging, and dining. And I highly recommend anybody listening to this podcast join our Explore Yellowstone Like a Local Facebook group where you will see hundreds of sparkling reviews for the guidebook as well as thousands of pictures that you guys have posted of you guys having a great time in Yellowstone Park and Grand Teton with the help of the guidebook. To get your copy, simply go to our website, exploreyellowstonelikealocal.com, where you can get an electronic copy for only 12 bucks or a paperback copy for only 25 bucks. And I write a personal note to everyone who buys one and throw in a cool Yellowstone sticker as well. And there's some combo deals on there where you can get both for and save a little jack. And we have a store on there with some trucker hats and t-shirts. And be aware that we only print off a thousand paperback copies of the guidebook each year to do our part. You are visiting two national parks on your Yellowstone vacation, albeit so we're trying to do our part there. And we sold out of guidebooks last year in 2023 on about August 10th. And with our rising popularity, we will sell up before that. So if you want a paperback copy, get it ordered. And for the 2024 season, that guidebook is about 20% longer than it was in 2023, so there is a lot more fun, great information in there for you guys to pull off and execute a fantastic Yellowstone and Grand Teton National Park vacation. So, let's get started with the Grand Tetons. And we are going to start at the south gate to Yellowstone Park, and we're going to go... 
from north to south all the way down basically to Jackson Hole. And we'll cover Jackson Hole as another chapter in the guidebook. So I'm not going to get into Jackson Hole lodging, dining, and entertainment in here because that's all listed in the guidebook. We're basically going to cover Grand Teton National Park today and a couple surrounding areas. So let's get started. Alright, as we mentioned at the start of this podcast, Yellowstone Park's just enormous. It's the size of Connecticut, you guys. You guys can fit 15 New York cities inside the boundaries of Yellowstone Park. However, Grand Teton, attached to the south side of Yellowstone Park, is relatively small. It's easy to go visit everything in Grand Teton in a single day and spend a few hours visiting the little fun town of Jackson Hole. So in the guidebook, I've got a, a rough itinerary that you guys can follow. Basically tells you when you need to be through the gate and then where you're going to go have breakfast, which with fantastic views of the Tetons right outside your, your window as you're sitting there having a quick breakfast, which is about an hour and a half to two hour drive from the west gate of Yellowstone Park. And then I tell you the absolute absolute best spot to take a picture of the Grand Tetons with the slow-moving Snake River right in front of you. And this picture, this photograph, you guys have seen it a dozen times. If you guys have any travel magazines at all, you guys have seen this spot, and I get you to this spot. And then I get you guys down to the beautiful Jenny Lake. And then I tell you what to do first, second, and third down there at Jenny Lake. And then tell you how to uh, take the ferry boat and where it is. And get you up to uh, the beautiful viewpoints that look out over Jenny Lake. And then I also tell you where you know where 99% of the people stop. But if you guys continue on down this trail a little bit, you'll get in this nice, flat, level trail that very few people know about because they all stop at the main location and they're just congregated there. But if you'll just walk five minutes away from those people, I get you to a spot where you've got the Grand Teton shooting off your left shoulder and the other Tetons shooting off your right shoulder on a trail that's flat as a pancake. And it's just a great spot that you can get to away from all the people. And it's a lot better views of the Grand Tetons. I mean, how often are you going to be able to get to these views with the Grand Teton shooting off both your shoulders on a flat trail? But I get you to that spot. And then we get down to another location down the road a little bit where there's some great hikes. And I tell you all about those great hikes in the... Grand Teton chapter in the guidebook, and I'll tell you which hikes you shouldn't take, and uh, all the information's in there, and then I get you to this beautiful little church with a pulpit right behind there with fabulous views of the Grand Tetons right behind the pulpit, and tell you a place you can find uh, the moose. Moose are kind of hard to find in Yellowstone Park, but there's some really easy places to find moose in Grand Teton if you know you're looking for it, and then I get you guys down to Jackson Hole, and, and uh, all these great places in Jackson Hole, and I list all the restaurants and everything in the guidebook for you guys and if you guys just had to spend the night in Jackson Hole like say if you wanted to do a huge hike in Grand Teton like get to Lake Solitude and I tell you how to do that in the guidebook but that hike basically takes all day long and so if you wanted to do more hikes the next day or play a little golf or something like that then you would need to spend the night in Jackson Hole and we cover all that in the guidebook for you as well including a great budget option which is hard to find in Jackson Hole. So let's cover getting down there first. We're going to start at the south entry gate and go south. 
All right, as you're driving along and even as you're coming down towards the South Entry Gate and the Iritha, you're still in Yellowstone Park, you'll get on these never-ending same grade slopes for two or three miles at a time and it's just flatter than a pancake and the grade never changes and then you kind of get down to the south entry gate and it kind of flattens out down there by the uh, flag ranch area down there and then you could keep going a little further and it goes down another same grade slope for miles and it's just a straight shot and it's real smooth it's real flat and real level except it's just dropping at like say 10 degrees which seems like for Forever. And it's kind of interesting because what you're driving on is the southern slope of the old Yellowstone volcano that didn't get blown up in the last eruption 600,000 years ago. And so it's, it's kind of interesting. Got to think of it like Mount Fuji. And so you're kind of at the bottom of Mount Fuji, except like Mount Fuji was behind you, the towering volcano was behind you back there in Yellowstone Park, and 640,000 years ago it blew up and fell in on itself, creating the caldera where all the geysers and stuff are, but this southern end of it, only place you can see this in the park, this southern end of it is on this same grade, flat little slope going down for miles and miles and miles, flattens out for a quarter of a mile, goes down and down again for miles. And uh, it's that you're on the edge or the toe of the remnants of the old Yellowstone volcano. You guys, look up a picture of Mount Fuji on your phone. You'll kind of see what I'm talking about. But it's kind of interesting. So that kind of is a neat deal. So once you're at the south gate, you will quickly get into the Flag Ranch area, and the Flag Ranch Grassy Lake Road will come in on your right, kind of T-bones into the main park road right there. And there are a couple of really good hikes on this Grassy Lake Flag Ranch Road right here. Off to your right, this accesses, this is the south entry road that hardly anybody ever knows about, and this goes straight west along the south side of the park, and the Mormons built this thing back in the day to get through there. In fact, you'll see Mennonites on this road if you keep going, if you take that all the way to Ashton, you'll see Mennonites using this road with horse-drawn carriages and stuff like this. These people have lived off the grid for hundreds of years back here. No electricity, no nothing. Yeah, you'll see them going down there. They got their whole family on here, and this big Belgian horses pulling this old horse-drawn carriage and all this kind of stuff. And and you wave at them, everything. They just will not even look at you. It's crazy. They, they want nothing to do with the outside world. It, it's nuts. But as I mentioned to you guys in the guidebook, this is also an alternative way that you guys can get down to the Tetons. Like say, if you guys have been through Yellowstone Park. 20 times and you're looking for something new to get down there, you can take this Grassy Lake Flag Ranch Road to get to the Tetons. You just go down to Ashton, turn left, come through there. And we drive this all the time, especially in the fall, because the aspens along this road are simply astoundingly beautiful. We've got a great picture in the guidebook of those you know, aspens turning down on this road. And it's just a gorgeous drive that hardly anybody knows about. And it basically skirts the southern boundary of Yellowstone and the northern boundary of Grand Teton and dumps you out right there below the south gate. And there's some great hikes along this road that I cover in the hiking chapter as well to some beautiful backcountry waterfalls and things like that that are, are completely suitable for kids, but I cover all of that in the hiking chapter in the guidebook, so I'm not going to get into all that here. But this little flag ranch grassy lake road is really, really nice. But be warned, it is not suitable for anybody pulling a fifth wheel or driving a motorhome. It's better for cars or trucks because it does get narrow 
narrow and kind of rough in spots, but it is a gorgeous drive and you will never see anybody on it except those crazy Mennonite people. <laughs> so anyway, all right, so continuing south past Flag Ranch right there, you're going to get into the John D. Rockefeller Memorial Parkway for about three miles or so. Let me, let me give you a quick overview of how Lawrence Rockefeller affected Grand Teton and, and kind of took charge of getting all of it under one roof, his roof basically, and then donating it to the, to the United States government. So uh, Grand Teton National Park was named a national park in 1929, a full 57 years after Yellowstone Park was. Even after that, a lot of the land around Grand Teton National Park was still privately owned. The valley area was still privately owned by homesteaders and ranchers. And so in 1932, Lawrence Rockefeller bought the JY Ranch, which had the biggest chunk of land in front of the Tetons kind of hung on to that, and from 1932 to 1943, he was basically going through and tricking the homesteaders that say, hey, you know, you're going to get your property taken by eminent domain. If you don't sell, they're just going to take it from you. You might as well take the money. And so he basically went through and, hey, your neighbor, we just struck a deal with your neighbor. Here's the piece of paper. There's their signature and all this kind of stuff. And so everybody, he got everybody to follow his lead, whether it was truthful or not, and pretty soon he owned the whole valley. And in 1943, he hands it to the government. Payoff was huge tax write-offs for him and his company for the rest of his life. And they donated this small little piece of his road, and he gave it to his son for a birthday present, I heard. You're driving through John D. Rockefeller Memorial Parkway right there. So, you know, one of the homesteaders that was down there and was homesteading the area right in front of the Tetons all the way back in 1863 was Richard B. Dick Lee, <laughs> yeah, that was actually his name, I'm not kidding you a bit, and his wife, Jenny. And so, obviously, his wife, Jenny, is, that that's what Jenny Lake is named after, and Lee Lake next door is named after him. So, that is kind of one of the people that he was homesteading the area before, and uh, eventually got tricked in by Lawrence Rockefeller, and the whole thing was given to the government after that, so... After you get out of Lawrence Rockefeller Park, it'll can get back on that same grade slope, and this is kind of the last of it. You kind of get all the way down to the bottom of the hill right down through there, and you kind of finishing off, you're going to get to the very toe of the old Yellowstone volcano all the way down there. It kind of gives you an idea how big that thing really was. I mean, it was the only super volcano bigger on Earth than that one is Tambora. You're going to slide right down there, and then you'll see the Lizard Creek Campground sign pop up, pop up on your right, kind of off in the trees right through there. And then about a few blocks past that Lizard Creek, you want nothing to do with Lizard Creek, I'm just using it as a reference point to kind of keep you guys' eyes open, you'll clear the trees and you will get your first unbelievable views of the north end of the Teton Range with Jackson Lake reflecting right there in front of them. There's a huge pullout off on the right over there and you want to pull over there and take a picture. There's a great picture from this spot in the guidebook. I don't care how many times I've been down to the Tetons, probably you know 500, maybe a thousand times. This is, I always pull over here and take a picture. It is absolutely gorgeous. This is your first really, really good view of the Tetons reflecting in Jackson Lake right in there. And uh, you can't even hardly see the Grand Teton on down the road. You're that far on the north end of it. But this is the very northern end of the Teton Range, by the way. 
and the aspen trees start popping up through here. There are virtually no aspen trees in Yellowstone Park, hardly any at all. And yet, those aspen trees really start flourishing right around this area as you get down to this lower elevation down through here. There are tons of aspen trees to see. So if you're visiting in the fall, which I kind of recommend you do, late middle of September, early October, those aspen trees look like they're just plugged into electricity. It's incredible. It's, it's a beautiful view to see the aspen trees reflecting in, in a lake like Jackson Lake or Jenny Lake or Lee Lake right in front of the Tetons. It is a memorable, memorable sight. And we'll get into some more of that as we get along here further. You'll, next, you'll come to Coulter Bay Village. And if any of you guys are planning on doing any boating in front of the Tetons, like say on Jenny Lake, Lee Lake, or String Lake, or any of that right in front of the Tetons, you need to get a boat permit. And so you're going to swing in here, go in there, and there's some guy, a ranger's going to come out there and, and look at your boats and everything, make sure that have moss and stuff all over them. And then he'll give you a boat permit for, for the year. And then in the guidebook, I tell you where you guys can launch those boats. And uh, we cover places that rent boats to you in the area and we'll deliver them to you and where you need to get them delivered to and where the best places are to kayak right in front of the Grand Tetons. All right. And so on down the road and you will quickly come up to Jackson Lake Lodge. And a lot of you guys go, you know, I want you always to stop in Jackson Lake Lodge. Why, why is Teddy sending us into a hotel? Why is Teddy sending us to Jackson Lake Lodge? I don't want to stop at a hotel. Yeah, you do. Swing into Jackson Lake Lodge, find a parking spot, and walk in. And it's real nondescript when you walk in. You can't see anything. Walk up the staircase, and then you're going to open up to this huge, gorgeous room with 40-foot tall glass windows, two roaring fireplaces on your right and your left right when you get to the top of the stairs. You're going to see why I sent you to Jackson Lake Lodge. It has got it going on. And there's some really interesting history with that room you're standing in now. In the guidebook, I tell you about the uh, nuclear peace treaty that was signed in there between the United States and Russia that basically ended the Cold War. And uh, there's some really cool things in that room right there. They've got a great bar, and I tell you how to make a reservation so you can sit at the right restaurant and on and on and on. But there's some real cool information, and then I tell you what to do when you go outside. So it, there's a great... Uh, kind of a novel picture spot outside and I kind of explain it to you guys in the guidebook where to go and how to do all that and then what animals you guys can look for down in the marshes and everything else so but all in all Jackson Lake Lodge is really 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 cool and in the guidebook I tell you how to kind of take advantage of all the fun stuff that does happen in that big big room once you've had your fun at Jackson Lake Lodge simply leave there and you're not going to continue on like to Jenny Lake just quite yet and this is one of those spots where the guidebook kind of tells you where you need to go and this podcast just kind of glosses over it. But in the guidebook, I tell you where you need to go to find the absolute most famous spot to take a picture of the Grand Tetons in the entire park. And this picture, this spot has been in hundreds of travel magazines over the last 40 or 50 years. When I get you to this spot and you get out of your car and you stand out there and you're going to have a sense of deja vu because you're going to go, all right, I have seen this before, and I'm going to get you to that spot, and you guys can take a fabulous picture. 
and then uh, I get you back on the right road. You guys got to remember, there's two roads that go to Jackson Hole, and I tell you what you're looking for to make sure you get on the right one in the guidebook. So once you get back on the right road, then you're going to be heading towards the main parts of the Grand Teton National Park and then the world-famous Jenny Lake, but you have to get on the proper road, and I give you the detailed instructions of how to do that in the guidebook. All right, continuing on, your next stop is all the way down at Jenny Lake, the Jenny Lake Loop Road, which is about three or four miles down the road. But right off the bat, once you get on the correct road, you will see Jackson Lake kind of off to your right and everything through here. And right when you see Jackson Lake, this is a really good spot for you guys to see bears through here. It was in this very area back in 2021 where the mother bear had the four cubs and they all lived. And she would march them up and down this road from about Jackson Lake down towards Jenny Lake right there through these open meadows and trees right through here. And she would just have them on display. She must have had a den over there somewhere. And I'm not going to get in it too much through here, but these women from Jackson Hole would come up and think they were helping save the cubs and all this stuff from traffic. I mean, I, I'm not going to get into all that stuff, but to make it a short, long story short, one of those cubs ended up having to get killed because one of these women was feeding it and it was going through trash in everybody's yards in Jackson Hole. She had basically habituated it like a pet. And then, but you can still see the three other cubs, which are still in this area, walking around as a sub-adult grizzly at this point in time and the mother bear has hooked up with another guy and she's long gone she's gone to vegas so but anyway this is the a great spot for you guys to see bears through here on your way down to jenny lake and even though the drive back behind you back there from Jackson Lake Lodge and everything was really, really pretty, the drive along Jackson Lake down to Jenny Lake is pretty dull and pretty boring, except that you might be able to see one of those bears through here. But all in all, it's hard to kind of get a good view of the Tetons through here. However, just be patient because I'm going to get you guys to the great views of the Tetons, which are just a little bit further down the road. You do, however, get some really good views of Mount Moran, which is part of the Teton Range. It's just not kind of one of the spires of the Tetons or anything. It's just a little bit north of that. But Mount Moran is really, really pretty. And if you look close, there's a big black strip through the right in the face of it, kind of on the left of it over there. And that is this super hard rock called Nice, G-N-E-I-S-S. And it's really fascinating. You can kind of see how this got pushed up through there. And you guys got to remember the Grand Tetons are some of the youngest mountains on planet Earth. They're really, really, really young. In fact, they are still pushing up. And we posted something about this last year when it occurred, but one of the Grand Tetons, right to the left of the Grand Tetons, they're called the Tiwanots, that kind of surround the Grand Teton, a huge chunk, I mean an enormous 
block-sized chunk of one of the Grand Tetons fell off, and it, you know there was a few people up there that kind of saw it, but there was a before and after picture that we posted on our social media pages for you guys to look at. But if you guys are interested in that, you can look that up and just Google up the chunk of Grand Teton that fell off, and it's not the Grand Teton. It's one of the left, but you can see the before and after picture of this huge chunk of rock that fell off this thing. It's incredible. It's really, really something to see. But, uh, but Mount Moran off to your right's really neat, and you can see that Chuck and Nice. And uh, I've also got some really good Mount Moran stories I'll, I'll throw in here as you guys are driving along so you guys can listen to some interesting stories that happened on Mount Moran back in the day. Back when I was a kid, I'll tell you a couple stories about Mount Moran, kind of for the macabre section here at the listening to these podcasts. There used to be, you could see the remnants of an old plane that crashed back up there in the 60s. You could see the silver shining, and they couldn't get up there and get it off. This guy took off from the Jackson Hole Airport over there and crashed right into the face of Mount Moran. And you could see the, the, the remnants or the pieces of metal of those old Cessna airplane up there for decades. And then finally, I think it just had finally washed on down or rusted out or whatever. A little macabre thing about the Jackson Hole Airport and Mount Moran is the son of Sam Walton of the Walton Walmart uh, fame uh, took off on a little ultralight there, gosh, I think in about 2005 or so. I mean, I was up there when it happened and made all the news, all the headlines everywhere in the world. But he took off from a little ultralight down there at the Jackson Hole Airport and flew over there and he crashed right over there at the base of Mount Moran and killed himself. And uh, so, yeah, it's uh, Mount Moran right through there. It's got a little history in the avionics history about people getting killed, including Sam Walton. So I actually met Sam Walton. We were at bird hunting down in Texas one time, and he was there with my old man. But uh, great guy, really nice guy. And also more of the macaw back here. When I got you back to that great picture spot back there, Spread Creek Campground, that is where that idiot Brian Laundry killed Gabby Petito and buried her body back up in there a little bit. So just uh, covering all the macabre sections of this podcast in one fell swoop. So, all right, so back on the road and you're going to see Mount Moran out there and that big black rock sticking up through it and everything. It's really cool, really, really pretty views of the Tetons starting to pop up. And then pretty soon you'll come to the Jenny Lake Turnoff and you want to take the Jenny Lake Turnoff. All right, right when you take the Jenny Lake turnoff, you're going to come to a pull-off on the right that I want you guys to make, and it's called the the Cathedral Group. And to me, this is the most impressive view of the main group of Tetons out in front of you. This That kind of looks like they're tipped away from you a little bit. This is called the Cathedral Group Turnout, and this is a absolutely fabulous spot to see the Tetons from. It's gorgeous. You can go on up to Lee Lake and String Lake and see it again up there with the reflection of the lake in it, but they're kind of real close to you. This gets you the perfect distance away from the Tetons to get it all in one picture and you guys in it and everything else, but the Cathedral Group turnoff is hands down my favorite spot to take a picture of, of the Grand Tetons. And you guys got to remember, the Grand Tetons go by fast. Stop at any turnouts you guys want. Take all the pictures you want as you're kind of rolling down through here so and pull on down and you'll quickly see on your right the turnoffs for Lee Lake and String Lake, and there's a little turnoff over there. And this is where you're going to launch your boat. If you guys have got a canoe or an inflatable kayak or an SUP or anything like that, this is where you're going to put it in the water. And you can put it on, on Lee Lake or String Lake. String Lake is very, very small, and you can kind of go out there and paddle around. And they're 
blanketed by the Teton Range. So even if the wind comes up, the waves only get a few inches tall. So it's completely suitable for the smallest paddle in your group. If you guys don't have kayaks or anything else, We've got a place listed in the guidebook that will deliver your kayaks to you right there and you guys can take off and you don't have to worry about getting the permits or anything else. And we've got a place in the guidebook where you can rent a little motorboat and take it around tooling around on Jenny Lake. All right, and from the drop-offs there at Lee Lake and String Lake, the lake kind of turns into a one-way road. You want to continue down that one-way road. And on your left, you'll notice a little lodge, kind of a cabin off to your left. That is Jenny Lake Lodge and that is a Rockefeller resort and uh, it has Rockefeller-like prices to go along with it. You can book a dinner there to have dinner there or lunch. I highly recommend you do that. It has unbelievable views of the Tetons right there. No views of Jenny Lake or anything else, but just unbelievable views of the Tetons while you're sitting there having lunch or dinner or even breakfast. I think they serve breakfast as well. So it's a beautiful, beautiful lodge and beautiful, beautiful Rockefeller-type prices to go along with it. And for those of you who want to stay near, in or near Grand Teton National Park, that's the only place to stay inside Grand Teton National Park. Now, there are four or five little cabins and ranches to stay outside, just outside of Grand Teton National Park with beautiful views of the Tetons. And I list all those in the guidebook. I'm not going to get into all of them here because it just gets too lengthy. This podcast is lengthy enough as it is. But if you want to get all the information about the lodging, with just simply gorgeous views of the Tetons right out in front of your front porch on your cabin, then uh, all that information is listed in the guidebook and it tells you all the names of all the ones and then you can get online and get them at reservation made. But those book up months, if not a year in advance. So grab the guidebook, get the names of them, and uh, it'll help you out if you want to stay in a cabin with killer views of the Tetons while you're down there. So, All right, so on that Jenny Lake Loop Road, you'll go past Jenny Lake Lodge on your left and then you'll drive down that road through the trees off and on views of the Tetons and then you'll see a big pull off to your right over there for the Jenny Lake Overlook and you want to go right past this. Do not pull in there. There's always going to be a couple tour buses in there, hundreds of people, multiple cars everywhere and they have the trail that goes down to the water blocked off. You can't get down there and you want to go down to Jenny Lake. So what I've got in the guidebook for you guys is kind of my little secret parking area and I tell you where you guys can park and access the trail that goes around Jenny Lake easily and get right down into the water of Yellowstone Lake without it being blocked off and without there being any people. But that information is in the guidebook for you guys. So I'll, I'll tell you a funny story about Jenny Lake. When I was a kid growing up, my brother was still alive. And uh, we were down there at Jenny Lake, and we were down on the water and all this kind of stuff. And my dad bet my brother 20 bucks he couldn't swim out there 100 yards and swim back. And you know my brother immediately peels off his tops or kicking off his shoes. You know, mom's going, Lee, don't let your son go out there in the water. He's going to drown, you know. You know, by that point, my older brother's about halfway in the water getting ready to start swimming out there. You know, 20 bucks back in uh, 1960s, a lot of money. That's a couple hundred bucks at least nowadays. So, you know, he was he was going to go out there and get that uh, that 20 bucks to swim back. So, But uh, anyway, so he gets out there and he makes it out there quite a ways and he starts coming back and hypothermia starts setting in on him. And my dad had to t- take off his shoes and everything and swim out there in his pants and everything. He'd go grab him and bring him back. So, oh, my mom didn't didn't let my dad forget about that for months. 
So not only does parking in this spot I tell you guys about get you right down to quick access to Jenny Lake without any people, it's also a great parking spot just to get to the main Jenny Lake area where you guys can go catch the ferry boat and everything. The Jenny Lake parking lot is simply not big enough and it is just getting overrun with people and there's people parking all the way out on the main park road and walking 10 and even 15 minutes to get to the Jenny Lake area. So you can avoid all that by parking in this spot I tell you guys about in the guidebook and just leave your car parked there and then you guys have quick, easy access to the Jenny Lake area, the ferry boat and all that without having to park all the way out on the main park road and walking in and then walking all the way back out. It's a great spot. Plus, it puts you right adjacent to this area that the Park Service has built with these really fabulous displays looking out over the waters of Jenny Lake so you can see all the names of all the Tetons and everything else right out in front of you. And this spot is so flat and level to get down there. I mean, you can walk somebody out there in a walker or a wheelchair and they can get right into the waters of Jenny Lake and that is right next to that great parking spot I tell you guys about. And so you can walk down there, enjoy all this stuff. You can go over take the ferry boat and everything else and do whatever. And this entire area is called the South Jenny Lake Junction that is right there adjacent to where your cars park, where the mobs and throngs of people are down through there that are fighting for a parking spot. But uh, you just parked in a real easy spot to get access to all that. So let's go over the Jenny Lake Junction area next. All right, from the South Jenny Lake Junction, as I mentioned a minute ago, you can take the ferry boat, and everybody wants to take the ferry boat. You want to go down there, get in line, buy a ticket, and then take the ferry boat. And the ferry boat takes you over to a trailhead to access Hidden Falls and Inspiration Point, as well as Cascade Canyon. And so in the guidebook, I tell you guys how you're going to walk up there with the throngs of people getting up to... Hidden Falls, which is truly kind of hidden. It's kind of tucked back in this corner behind a bunch of trees. And it gets you to Inspiration Point, which is really, really fantastic. There's a great picture of Inspiration Point in the guidebook. However, this is where 99.59% of all the people stop. and But not you guys. I tell you guys in the guidebook to keep going and what you're going to run into. And this is a great hike. And I tell you guys all about this, this hike up into what is called Cascade Canyon, where you're going to have the Grand Teton shooting up over your left shoulder and the other peaks shooting up over your right shoulder. And I tell you how easy of a trail it is. And it's even suitable for small kids once you get past the throngs of people going up to Inspiration Point. It's just a really good tip in the guidebook to get you guys into what I consider the easiest best view hike in all of Grand Tetons. So, so once we're talking about hiking in the Grand Tetons, let's talk about some of my other favorite hikes. Let's start talking about my highly recommended hikes in the Tetons as well as my not recommended hikes in the Tetons. All right, Cascade Canyon is just astoundingly beautiful, you guys. And if you continue on up Cascade Canyon, about 30 minutes or so, you'll hit a junction and a spur trail will take off to your right to get to Lake Solitude. And I've got a great Lake Solitude story for you guys. Back in 1980s, 
there was this crazy picture sitting behind my dad's desk at his office, and it's of my granddad Fred fishing in the Snake River on Snake River Bend back over there with the Tetons in the background. And it was a hand-painted photograph is what it was called, and it was done by Harrison Crandall, and it was done in 1922, five years before Grand Teton was even named a national park. My granddad Fred had hired Harrison Crandall to paint this hand-painted photograph of him in the river. And, in fact, Harrison C. Crandall became the first official painter for the Grand Tetons in 1922, that very year, and he ran two studios in the park, and in fact, the first studio, the Crandall Studio, is now the Jenny Lake Visitor Center, right where you guys were standing back there at the Jenny Lake area where the gift shop is and the restrooms and all that stuff. The Visitor Center, it was his first studio, and that is where my granddad Fred hired him in 1922 to paint that picture. So, 19, mid-1980s, I'm sitting there in Oklahoma City on a Saturday watching some football games, and my cousin, who lived a couple blocks away, and her great husband Richard were having a garage sale. So I bored over there, and I went over there to kind of check out and see what they had going on and walked around and everything else and saw Richard, and they're selling and all this and that and the other. And I don't know. Well, they had a bunch of these paintings, pictures, paintings, posters, all this kind of crap, lined up against this fence going down their driveway, heading to their backyard. And I was kind of looking at them, glancing down through there, and I go, you know, and I kind of looked at this one big kind of three foot by four foot painting against the wall. And I kind of looked at it and I go, man, I have been there before. I even had the weirdest sense of deja vu. Three years before that, me and a bunch of my friends were up in Henry's Lake up in Idaho and going in and out of the park like we always did and all this kind of stuff. And we flew out of Jackson Hole back then. We were flying out of Jackson Hole. So we stayed one night in Jackson Hole, got down there a day early, and we had hired horses to start down there at the Jenny Lake area. And we had ridden horses. You can't do it anymore. They kind of canceled it, I think, two years after this. We did this tour in the 80s. They canceled horseback tours into the Tetons. So we had hired horseback, and we had been way overserved at the Million Dollar Cowboy Bar the night before. I mean, way overserved. And so we get on these horses the next day, and we're riding up through Cascade Canyon. We get through Cascade Canyon. We take that right-hand swing, and we go up to Lake Solitude. We didn't know where we were going. And so we get up to Lake Solitude, and we're sitting there, and they have a lunch for us and all this kind of stuff, and it was great. And we sitting on this rock. I'm just catching some rays and everything else, and that's all done and over with. Well, here I am three years later, and I go back to my house, and I just I just can't get rid of that sense of deja vu. And so finally, I'm just sitting there about an hour later, and it came to me. I go, that is Lake Solitude. That That's where I saw that three years ago, but I was on the opposite shore. Painting was taken, this hand-painted photograph of this huge picture that Harrison Crandall did. I didn't know it was Harrison Crandall at the time. and I, But I knew it looked like the painting behind my father's desk that sat there of his of granddad Fred fishing in the snake. So I called up Richard and I said, hey man, you know that big painting with the gold frame around your, over there leaning up against that fence over there you had for five bucks? And he goes, yeah, some lady just bought it. And I said, man, please stop her. I, I think there's something up with that painting. And he goes, well, I'm going to have to go catch her. I said, well, go catch her. And so we go out there and he stops this lady. I get over there and she's over there and she's just hotter than a firecracker. This old lady, she's, I want to go. I got to go to the grocery store. No, 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 no. 
And so I go over there and I said, ma'am, can I please see that, that painting and, and look at that? I think that that might have something to do with my family. And she goes, no. And I said, please, can I please look at it? I'll pay you. I'll pay you money. So she goes, okay. You know, she only paid $5 for the damn thing. And so she opened it up and opened up the truck. And I go, man, that is definitely Lake Solitude. See the Tetons off in the background over there. You know, it had this, the couple of tents pitched and a couple of horses and some people standing around on the side of the lake. But I turned it over and sure enough on the back of it, it said, Fred Garland Sr. and Sons, Lake Solitude, Grand Tetons, 1922. And I said, ma'am, I, I, I have to have this painting. It's a family heirloom. My, my cousin didn't know what it was. And so she goes, no. And I said, ma'am, I'm going to buy this painting from you. And she goes, well, it's going to cost you. And I said, well, I kind of figured that at this point in time. So anyway, so it ended up costing me like 60 bucks. And so yeah, she had me over a barrel and knew it and took advantage of it. And so anyway, she got paid five for it. I gave her 60 for it. She made, made a good profit that day. So anyway, the next Monday, on Monday morning, I take it in and I show it to my old man. And he goes, where did you get that? And I told him the whole story. And he goes, that's Jack's. That's his brother, Uncle Jack. Granddad Fred had hired Harrison C. Crandall to paint those two pictures. And he goes, that's me in that yellow slicker. I was probably about five or six years old standing there. And I said, no kidding. He goes, yeah, that's me. That's Granddad Fred right there. And he goes, that's one of the hands they had hired to take care of the horses. But you guys got it. It was just too cool. And the picture of that, there's a picture in the guidebook of that hand-painted photograph. It's really cool. There's a picture of the guidebook of both of them. So you guys can see those things. But you guys got to think, man, it's hard to get to Lake Solitude today. You have to catch that 8 a.m. ferry boat over there, walk all the way up there. You'll get up there about noon. You'll barely make the ferry boat back out at 4 or 5 o'clock when the last ferry boat is. It takes all day to get up to Lake Solitude. But think what it took to get to Lake Solitude in 1922 all the way from Oklahoma City. I mean, and before Grand Teton was even named a national park, you've got to give my old man, my granddad credit for dragging him him and my dad and his two brothers around all over God's creation down there in Yellowstone and Grand Teton National Parks. Before Grand Teton was even named a national park, it, it's really impressive. I, that's, I guess that's where I get my drive and desire to go keep doing all this stuff and, and visiting the parks. And that's where all of this came from is from my granddad, Fred. But yeah, it's, it's an amazing story. It's a really cool story. And I'm glad I ended up with that picture. It's obviously stands in my cabin today, hangs on the wall of my cabin today for sure. Very proud. Proudly, and uh, glad I paid that lady 60 bucks for it. But yeah, it's kind of an interesting story about Lake Solitude. So if you guys want to go to Lake Solitude, it takes all day long to go see Lake Solitude. In the guidebook, I'll tell you guys how you can circumnavigate the main trail, which is just crowded with people, and end up passing about two or 300 people on the way back to the dock so you don't have to wait in line at the dock and, and get back way faster to your car. All right, that is a my first great hike. We're going to talk about some other hikes. Another great hike that I tell you where to park and where to access the trails from in the guidebook and everything is simply around the lakes in front of the Grand Tetons, around Jenny Lake, around Lee Lake, and String Lake, but you can access all of those from one parking lot quickly and easily without having to fight the throngs of people down there at the Jenny Lake parking lot. But again, all of that information's in the guidebook. And for some odd reason, hardly anybody ever uses any of these trails. It's, it's really weird.
Because you're just walking along, right along the edge of the lake with just spectacular views of the Tetons reflecting in Jenny Lake and Lee Lake and everything else. I mean, it's absolutely astounding. And you can also get a killer view from String Lake of the Cathedral Group back behind you right there. I've got an original cafe oil painting of the Cathedral Group from the shores of Lee Lake hanging in my house right now here in Oklahoma City that's probably worth more than my truck. We've got a great picture of that oil painting in the guidebook so you guys can see that view. And for some reason, there's never anybody on that trail. And it's one of the best trails in Grand Teton National Park and it's dead flat, anybody can do it. I mean, you get the smallest hiker in your group and they can do it, but uh, it's fabulous. I'll tell you how pretty that is. Here, here's another, another quick story for you guys of hiking around Jenny Lake that one of you guys you know, told me about after you got home. Here, here's another quick story for you guys. A few years ago, one of you guys contacted me and go, how pretty is it around Jenny Lake? And I said, man, it's gorgeous. It's unbelievable. And he goes, well, I was reading about that trail and there's no people on it. I said, he goes, I don't understand why. And I go, well, I don't understand either. And he goes, but it's really pretty. And I said, yeah. And I go, so he goes, okay, all right. And I said, well, what do you, what's going on? And he goes, don't, you know, he called me on the phone. I said, no, don't worry about it. He goes, I'll let you know afterwards. And I said, okay. And so about a few weeks goes by and uh, he calls me again and he goes, it worked great. And I said, well, what happened? What did you do? I didn't even know what the guy did. And he goes, I proposed to my wife on Jenny Lake. They were walking around Jenny Lake and parked down there where I told you guys to park. And he was walking around Jenny Lake. And, uh, you know, she was just walking in front of him, commenting how beautiful the views were. And the lake was dead calm glass. And she turns around to look to see where he is. And he's sitting there on one knee with a ring in his hand and proposes to her. Yeah, it's just so cool. I mean, it just, I said, no kidding. He goes, oh, it was perfect. It was perfect. And I said, man, I'm so happy for you guys. That is so cool. But I mean, it just makes my heart sore when I hear stories like that, that I help somebody get to a really cool spot that they was so pretty they could propose to their wife. That's how pretty the trail is around Jenny Lake. It's unreal. So that's a great trail. You can walk around Jenny Lake. And then so ha you've had your fun, Jenny Lake. You've caught the ferry boat back over there and you're going to jump in your car and you're going to drive down a little bit. And so we're going to get into my three favorite hikes in the Tetons. So right down the road, about a mile, you're going to see the turnoff on your right for Lupine Meadows. And it's a dirt road. You're going to pull off for Lupine Meadows. And there's a great video of this on our private YouTube page of me sitting in the Lupine Meadows parking lot telling you about the three hikes we're getting ready to do behind me. That's what, how that private YouTube page pays off in space. Plus, we shoot videos of all of them. But from that Lupine Meadows parking lot, you've got, you can access the three best hikes besides the Lake Solitude hike we just went over, which is obviously great. But these only take a few hours to complete, where Lake Solitude takes all day. You can do these and get back to your car and go have lunch somewhere. These are a lot easier, quicker to get to. And I'm not going to get into what you see because I go in depth on these hikes in the guidebook. I'm going to kind of gloss over them here. From that Lupine Meadows parking lot, the trail bebops up through there. It'll come to a junction, and that junction hits and goes off to your left and then to your right. If you go off to your left, you hit the Garnet Canyon Trail. And from the Garnet Canyon Trail, it goes up there and it's pretty dead level and flat from there. And then you get to the platforms and the platforms are these big boulders and you have to climb all over them to get through them and all this kind of stuff. But you'll see people 
carrying snowboards and snow boots or skis and ski boots up here, even in the middle of summer, because it gets you to the two big glaciers you see from the road to the left side of the Grand Teton. People go up there and snow ski all summer long. So that's the Garnet Canyon Trail. Again, I get more in depth than that in the guidebook. And then off to the right, there's two trails. Right when you go off to the right, right there is Delta Lake. And Delta Lake is absolutely gorgeous. There's an unbelievable picture in the guidebook of Delta Lake. And it is a new trail. It's not going to show up on too many maps. But in the guidebook, I kind of explain exactly what you're looking for so you can find the start of the trail real easily in the guidebook. And then you work your way. But it is extremely difficult. Very, very, very difficult trail. But the payoff is unreal. And there's a great picture of it in the guidebook. And then you can go on up to Surprise and Amphitheater Lake. And again, once you buy a guidebook, you get access to that private YouTube page so you can see all of this stuff. So those are three of my favorite hikes. When I go hike in the Tetons, uh, I like Delta Lake, Garnet. Those are my two favorites. Uh, Surprise and Amphitheater are more work to get up there. I think Delta Lake's a better hike, better views, because you're right at the base of the Grand Teton with Delta Lake right there. It's beautiful. It's unbelievable. So, And then that kind of covers the main hikes I like to do is around Jenny Lake. I can do some kayaking over there. And I, of course, cover everything you need to know about getting boats, renting boats, Getting your permit and all that stuff's in the guidebook for you guys, so anybody could take off and do that. And we've got some great pictures and videos in the guidebook and on our private YouTube page of how pretty it is to boat right in front of the Grand Tetons. All right, so let's kind of finish off driving through the Tetons. From there on down out, you're, you're getting to the end of the Teton Range. You're, you're kind of closing out the end of the Teton Range. The next turnoff you're going to see is for Taggart Lake. And the Taggart Lake Trail goes up and you have limited views of the Tetons. The trail's about 10 or 12 feet wide because it's so used by everybody. And where there might be a 10 or 12 cars at the most back over there at the Lupine Meadows parking lot enjoying those great trails, the Taggart Lake Trail will have maybe 100 cars. Cars just lined up waiting for somebody to get in their car and back out so they can pull in a park. And the trail sucks. I mean, it, you'll have kids out there listening to rap music out loud on their phones. I don't. I don't know why it, it's so popular. It, but I guess it's because it's the first trail you come to coming from Jackson Hole. It's the very first set of trails you come to. But it's just stupidly popular, and they have limited views of the Tetons. They have people pushing strollers up and down it, changing diapers on the middle of the trail. Thousands of people are on that trail. And it just is overrun with people and loud music. And I, when I hike, I want to get peace and solitude and quiet. That is where I like to go hike. And I like to go see something cool. When you hike up to Taggart and Bradley Lake, you've got extremely limited views of the Tetons because there's some tree surrounds in these lakes. If you want to go get good views of the Tetons, go up and hike around Jenny and Lee. And, and not have anybody and propose to your girlfriend. And so, God, I just don't understand it. So do not fight the crowds and the traffic at Taggart Lake Trailhead right there. I don't know why it is just so popular, but it is. So, But I do want you to continue on south, and you're going to continue on like you're exiting the park. 
And then as you're kind of driving down the road, you'll see the uh, the sleeping Indian out in front of you. Kind of keep your eye open for the sleeping Indian before the road drops down and gets down to Moose Junction and exit the park. The sleeping Indian is where they used to film a bunch of movies back in the day. The movie Shane and all that stuff. And, you know, John Wayne and, and Raquel Welch and all the big hitters and used to come through Jackson Hole and film country and Western movies out in the area out there. No, nobody does much anymore. But, we actually have a 1965 International Travel All that we drive around West Yellowstone and kind of park it here and there. And a lot of you guys have taken pictures in front of it because John Wayne rode in that truck and Raquel Welch and Paul Newman. I've thought about selling it a few times. It's worth a ton of money, but it's kind of a family heirloom and it just runs like a top. So we drive it around town every now and then. So you guys might see us driving around West Yellowstone and the damn thing. Just stop and say hi. But uh, anyway, as you head down through there and you kind of see the sleeping Indian off the distance, the road will drop, drop down this big hill right there and you'll kind of see the moose entrance. But right before you exit the park, I want you to make one more stop. In the guidebook, I take you guys to a spot that I think is just like the perfect ending to your Grand Teton National Park Day. Remember, we started all the way back in West Yellowstone and drove to the South Gate. Then we went through all the parks and areas down through there and made all these fantastic stops. And, you know, it's just been a glorious day. And I always, whether I'm by myself or I'm taking people with me or whatever, I make this one last stop because it just puts the exclamation point on a wonderful day spent down exploring the Grand Tetons. And I tell you all about it in the guidebook, what you're doing, how I want you to get out of your car and walk over to the building. And then I want you to have somebody in there in your group, close their eyes. And I want you to lead them inside and then sit them down and have their open their eyes up. And it's just an amazing, beautiful, warm, heartfelt spot that I list for you guys in the guidebook, and it's really a great ending to a really great day of exploring the Grand Tetons, and all the information is in the guidebook for you guys to do this. All right, so once you're done with this last great stop... And you're going to go out and back and be on the main park road, turn left, and you're going to be at Moose Junction. And so Moose Junction's the entrance to Grand Teton National Park right there. And for those of you that might be cyclists like myself and you're telling yourself you want to ride a bicycle around the Grand Tetons and have great views in your entire ride, I've got an entire chapter in the guidebook to, devoted to riding Mountain bikes, road bikes, rock bikes, the whole nine yards in front of the Grand Tetons, all through Yellowstone Park, including the outskirt areas, including the new fabulous trail that connects West Yellowstone with Jackson Hole and the Grand Tetons. I've got this entire chapter devoted for cyclists. So if you guys want more information, you can get it there. But right here at Moose Junction is where we always start when we ride our bikes through the Grand Tetons because it gives you the best long-term views of the Tetons. So, and last but not least, if you guys are looking for the elusive moose, if you guys haven't found Bullwinkle yet, and so you guys are on the hunt for Bullwinkle, the best spot I know to find a moose in Grand Teton National Park, and they're hard, they're very hard to find in Yellowstone. You're hardly ever going to see a moose in Yellowstone. If you do, you count yourself lucky. But they're pretty easy to find in Grand Teton, and the best place to find one in Grand Teton is kind of a hidden spot. Not a lot of people know about this spot, and the only way you guys are going to figure out where this spot is is to pick up a guidebook. So I've got I got to throw that little teaser out there. But if you guys have seen everything there is to see, grizzly bears, black bears, cubs, all the stuff in Yellowstone Park, and you're 
still trying to find the elusive moose to check off all the big animals on your Yellowstone vacation, pick up that guidebook and I will tell you where you almost can certainly find Bullwinkle and possibly even Rocky. And uh, it's uh, also a really nice drive as well. So. All right, once you guys have reached Moose Junction, you have completed your Grand Teton experience today. And I'm telling you guys, the Grand Tetons look enormous as they shoot out of the ground right there in front of all the lakes and everything else, but they go by really, really quickly. Grand Teton is a small national park, just like we talked about at the start of this guidebook. And literally, by the time you get done with the Tetons, it's probably going to be noon or one o'clock. And that's after you did the Cascade Canyon Trail and everything else and rode the ferry boat and all that yada yada. In the guidebook, I've got a great place where you guys can have lunch and look out over the Grand Tetons and then you guys can go in town and do some shopping. The guys can go play golf and I've got the name of the golf course listed right there. Got to been playing that golf course since I was 10 years old, and it's great. It's got fabulous views of the Tetons the entire way, and everything's in the guidebook for you guys. And uh, from Moose Junction, I list two ways to get back to Jackson Hole. The scenic route, if you want to go up by the ski area, and we've got this killer restaurant listed in the guidebook that sits at the top of the ski area that you can go visit in the summer. And when you make a reservation, you get to get, have a free gondola ride up there if you guys wanted to go do that instead of going and fighting all the crowds in Jackson Hole and buying a t-shirt or a cap or something like that. That's kind of a fun thing to do that's an alternative to going down and, and getting in with all the throngs of tourists in Jackson Hole. But uh, we've got all that information how to get to Jackson Hole and then out of Jackson Hole and back to West Yellowstone and back to some true western civilization for you guys that's about it you have made it to the end of this podcast and we have covered everything there is to see from the south entrance of yellowstone park right down to jackson hole and covered all the stuff in the tetons and then we threw in a bunch of these crazy stories that are just too lengthy to put in the guidebook but everything's covered in depth plus there's a bunch more information in the guidebook about the places to stay if you want to stay with a view of the Tetons and and more information about all the hikes are listed in the guidebook. There's all you need to pull off a great Grand Teton and Yellowstone Park vacation is the guidebook. These podcasts just give me a venue to tell you guys some real fun stories about my history in the area and all that stuff. And uh, remember, the guidebook's the cake. These podcasts are just a little icing on the cake. So, all right, you guys have a great Yellowstone Park vacation and a beautiful day in the Grand Tetons. I'll see you later.